0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lords of Limited. My name's Ben Warney, and joining me on the line is Ethan. Get in the battle bus, loser. We're going pioneering sacks. I keep getting so many unsolicited pioneer
1: deck picks, my friend. Wait, hold on. Last week, you told me, you're like, I, I'm excited. For, you know, you want to talk about Pioneer with me? You can talk about Pioneer. So I started sending you stuff. You can't
0: now dox me on the podcast about it. That's just for the content, my friend. Oh, I, I, my you, goodness. You're welcome to keep sending me Pioneer deck picks. But uh, Smuggler's Copter, baby, you're casting them.
1: Smuggler's Copter unbanned in Pioneer. Yeah, we, we thought Appraiser would get banned, thought Karn would get banned. Did not think Smuggler's Copter was getting unbanned. It's a pretty big win for
0: Rakdos Sacrifice and Rakdos decks in general, and like just seeing it everywhere. And that is what you are presuming you're playing at this point, Rakdos?
1: I don't know. That's what I'm mostly practicing. I haven't practiced anything else other than flavors of Rakdos. But uh, I'm open to messing around with something else if there feels like there's the the big boogeyman currently feels like Blue Red Phoenix. I know our listeners and you care so much about this. (laughs) Mike, could you see my eyes glazing over the zoom? You're like, you're not doing this now, are you? But uh, that seems to be the boogeyman. So we'll see if we can combat that. It might have to be a if you can't beat him, join him type thing. But I I hope not, because there's something about those. I don't know if you've ever played those kind of decks, the like cantrip, cantrip, cantrip,
0: cantrip. Can't I just I mean, I'm limited. Bad at I enjoy playing them in limited. So I would imagine I'm, that I would like playing it in constructed. Yeah. yeah, I'm bad at those decks. Speaking of liking playing limited, have you played festival in a box sealed? I did one entry and had a blast. I did not get yes. there. But the format was incredible. I did more than one
1: entry into festival <laughs> in box because I guess initially, I don't know if it was They had said you could only enter once or you could only win once. But then they were like, nah, you can do it as many times as you want. (laughs) Go nuts. So I played nine times and got the box twice and then got gems back three times. So look at you. Pretty pretty profitable endeavor. I was so mad. So I got (laughs) in classic Ethan fashion. I got Yorian in back to back sealed pools. Oh, my God. And of course, I, there's no question for me I'm building, <laughs> sp- especially out of nine-pack sealed, I'm building a 60-card deck. And my second Yorian deck, I was five zero into 5-2. Oof. I was like, this is going to be so good for the brand. <laughs> We're going to tweet this. And then nothing but yeah it was I was surprised at how fun it was you could also just like go o2 or one two pretty fast and lose your gems um, and it was a lot of gems it was like 25 bucks to enter but it was a really fun sealed format and just really cool to find little Little pockets of synergy little cool cross synergies yeah
0: and it was like seeing old friends also like yeah, i was like yeah. oh yeah i remember that comment That was great do you know i i only made it to four wins i was finishing at like 2 30 a.m last night but the card i loved playing with that i hadn't played with forever hex gold hover wings was an absolute all-star for me the four mana three two for mirrored and equipment that gives plus one plus one flying card mm-hmm. hard carried my pool wow did
1: you have other equipment too because doesn't it have like a bonus for all equipped creatures you you have
0: no just like plus just, one plus zero and flying after putting a body on the battlefield was enough it was outstanding yeah checked out several wins in the air with some hex gold hover wings that's awesome but yeah the format was just really the gameplay was good and you felt like opening nine packs it's hard to not be able to build at least a competitive deck you know yeah i n- never in the nine
1: pools that i feel like i didn't have Something that could tussle, despite you know some
0: some of those pools records, and it was <laughs> saying just otherwise, good clean magic too. You know, like you wanted. Well, what, it does that, a, what does that, a, a does that mean to, you? to deck construction? A good clean magic. As we're about to talk about the
1: boomerest of boomer sets here, and cons of Tark here coming back, which I will say I'm going to throw out. I think it's fun. I think it's a good set. I think is wildly overrated personally. Wow. By, ooh, Someone on this podcast, perhaps? what? So as you're like, ah, we're returning
0: to good, clean magic. What is good, clean magic to you? Not Lost Caverns of Ixalan. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) like, I feel like I'm in every game because I have the tools I need to compete. Mm. A a level playing field, not rares that end the game coming down on turn two or turn three. Although there are some of those, but your pool is big enough that you also definitely have the interaction if you choose to. right. Like, more than anything, it felt like an exercise in deck building because, like, your pool is going to have, whatever, 30 removal spells in it or something. And, like, picking the right number of removal and card advantage spells, making sure your curve is right, and that there's a lot of two-for-ones going on, so you couldn't load up on removal, you know? It was just an an interesting thing. And, like I said, I only did one, but I had an absolute blast doing it. Yeah, I had a really
1: interesting pool where I, I basically, like, I clicked all the black cards that I was interested in playing and had like five or six slots left. And so I was like, okay, so I can be like really heavy black. Then what am I going to do? I was like, well, I have like a couple bombs in green and a bunch of good green mana dorks, but nothing to ramp to. So that's out. Red is just more removal. That's out. Blue has another rare, but not really good support. And then I ended up the color I thought I was going to pair with it. The least was white, but I was like, no, this actually slots in well, and I can leverage the removal in an aggressive shell. And so though I ended up shaving removal spells. It was a really interesting puzzle. Yeah, cosine would play again, would play again, sort of nervous. we were just talking about this before the show, like haven't heard anything about there being an arena decathlon and clocks ticking if they were going to do that around the holidays. I'm worried that that's not going to happen again, which is a bummer because it was so fun the past couple years. And maybe this is like sort of replacing that. I don't know. I would like them to run this back on a weekend where I have more time. Yeah, maybe they'll do that. But I don't know, maybe they're they've run out of festivals in a box to give away also (laughs) bummer for anyone in the non-us for them to not be able to really play in this event so if they were to run it back i would like them to just i mean make it a top heavy prize structure sure but just do it in gems or something like make it something that everybody can participate in i would think yeah all right so big news Cons of tarkir coming back to arena this week on tuesday and in classic lords of limited fashion we're gonna actually welcome it back with the 50 takes episode shout out to ride from our discord who suggested this. And I, the more I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, we always talk about these style of episodes as like, they're great to return to a format for. So rather than us doing the, you know, we've already sort of did this actually way back in the day, episode 61 cons of Tarkir, even before arena, back in my day, we played on magic online <laughs> and, uh, and we did a sort of flashback episode about cons. And I feel like it would be covering the same kind of ground, like here are the archetypes, some key comments to look out for, etc. I think the 50 Take style episode is going to be a lot more fun, a lot punchier way to get information out to our listeners to get them prepped for this week and for the arena open this
0: weekend. That's this weekend? Yeah. So soon. Can we have just a second? Nope. nope. <laughs> Holy cow. But also I was going back and looking at that episode. That was like what episode 61, I think, or something Uh like some of the things in there, just looking at the cards. Now I am just a much better magic player, like 300 episodes later. And I am sure some of the information we put out into the world in episode 61 is not correct.
1: I haven't gone back, but I would never say that information we put out into the world isn't correct. (laughs) Then we are going to have some solid official power rankings in this 50 takes episode. And I want everyone to know that there's a big wink, a big uh, grain of salt to be taken with these official power <laughs> rankings. As yeah, we're, we're looking at this set with a bit of rose colored glasses. And certainly you make a great point. Like was this this was 10 years ago. I think this was 2014. So when this format came out, like we were not good at magic then. <laughs> or I'll say for myself, I was not good at magic then. Like I I definitely have learned a ton playing as much as we have and and podcasting and all that stuff. So I think uh, I think we'll definitely have some tweaks to bring to folks in the coming weeks. And we are going to be covering cons pretty much until the end of the year, I think is our plan. Yes. Okay, so let's get some housekeeping stuff out of the way and dive into the takes. First things first is the Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Lords of Limited is where folks can go to get back to the show if they so choose. It is the season. Of giving. You can give to your friends and your family. You can also give to one of your favorite podcasts via the Patreon page. <laughs> we have some excellent stuff to give to you in return via the Patreon. You get access to the Lords of Limited Discord. You get access to the show notes. You get access to the episode a day early, ad free. And you even get access to monthly coaching sessions with me or Ben, depending on which reward tier you choose to be a part of. So if any or all of that sounds of interest to you, or you just want to show us some love, the Patreon page is the place for you. And this week we are welcoming our new patrons in Nicholas. Mike, Andrew, Rin, Tyler, DLP, and Marshall,
0: thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate your support. Yeah, cannot say thank you enough. Do you think that is Marshall Sutcliffe? He's finally just decided, you know, Lords Limited is the GOAT, Magic the Gathering Limited Podcast, and I need to be a patron. I think so. That's what I assumed. show is also brought to you by Cool Stuff, (laughs) coolstuffinc.com, best place to go on the internet for anything you need magic-related or... Items that are cool because they've got cool stuff in stock at CoolStuffInc.com. Maybe you played 10 bullets in the festival in a box this weekend. (laughs) And unlike Ethan, you didn't get there on those two festivals in a box. Well, yikes! good news for you. CoolStuffInc.com has many of the materials you would need to put your own festival in a box together. Just go on over there, dump all that stuff into your shopping cart. Put in that checkout code LOL, all caps, for 5% off your order. And you too can be the proud owner of your own homemade festival in a box. Who needs a good win rate? When I was streaming this last night, people (laughs) were asking, they're like, oh, you're going to do this? I was like, no, I'm
1: just going to sell it. And like, I just, I'm just doing this as a money thing. And they're like, no, you have to put it in your closet. You that's have to. where that's where sealed product goes. I was like, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> those are the rules,
0: even. Yeah, sealed product rules. goes in the closet. It is also Christmas time, the holiday time, depending on how you choose to celebrate the holidays with your families. Whether you want to be getting a gift for someone else or a gift for yourself, please seriously go to coolstuffinc.com and use checkout code. LOL, all caps, to get 5% off your order and let them know that we sent you over there. Purchase four copies of
1: Smuggler's Copter and gift them to a pioneer player near you. They need them now more than ever. And <laughs> any any thoughts, hopes, concerns,
0: questions, comments before we dive into the 50 takes? I am very excited to talk about Cons of Tarkir, and I will not say anything about another format that we may not be discussing quite as often. Here's my question for you is, are you ready for big data
1: to come to one of your favorite formats.
0: Ah, uh, no. <laughs> I am very concerned about that. But I will say the data has never stopped me before. And I, I will probably just not look at it and just put my fingers in my ears and go, no, 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 when people try to tell me things about the data, because this format is incredible. And I, I don't think 17 Lands can ruin it. And I, I I mean that with all love 17 Lands users and programmers. This format will stand the test of time and the hefty weight the 17 lands data it can can carry it all on its shoulders it's living up to the test well speaking of time let's get 50 minutes on the clock and
1: start out with point number one this format starts on turn one by playing an etb tapped land (sighs) got him get ready for a much slower format there are not one drops abound there aren't even really good cards abound <laughs>
0: no, there are not um,
1: well there are but they all cost three different colors of mana <laughs> yeah they all cost three co- different colors of mana and six mana to unmorph etc it was astonishing really looking at how far limited has come or just whatever design philosophy changing just pouring you know and, and as we do for these 50 takes episodes i just pull up the full visual uh, card image gallery and just Go over it again and again and again trying to remind myself of things and one of the things i was looking i was like these one drops leave a bit to be desired i was like how <laughs> how are we triggering raid on turn two <laughs> like it was your that-
0: oh four you're attacking with your oh <laughs> yeah, four disowned ancestor
1: right. whatever the card's called <laughs> yes yeah exactly so just just get ready i not to say again not like games in lost caverns of exon can't go long Games, there are certainly, I remember, and we'll talk about them, two color assertive decks in this format that like really can punish slower decks. I'm not saying that that can't happen. I'm just saying get ready to slow down, pump the brakes a little bit.
0: Yeah, the main rules is it's a little like Starcraft No Rush Magic. Like a lot of games are tap land, tap land, turn three morph. Yes. Like I think that is the standard play pattern for the format. And then Agrodex buck that trend by playing like a two mana, two one that can attack <laughs> into a two two morph, you know? Uh, yeah. But yeah, this take got me real good when you uh, added to our 50 takes. I was like, format starts on turn one. What? <laughs> Number two, Cons is a tri colored format based around the five wedges that share enemy colored. So we've got Abzan white, black, green that is centered around outlast and outlast is a mechanic that your creature can pay whatever the outlast cost is and tap itself at sorcery speed to put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And then the outlast creatures all give bonuses to other creatures that have plus one, plus one counters. They might grant first strike or flying or a lifelink or whatever. Then we have Jeskai, which is blue, white, red.
1: And if you can believe it, Keyword here is prowess, which was then evergreened and then unevergreened. I believe. Wait, it's been unevergreened. Right. I believe so, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's <But> the, the <laughs> antithesis of what evergreen means.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They can do it. They can do whatever they want. But yeah, this was prowess. So whenever you cast a non-creature spell, uh, the creature gets a plus one, plus one until end of turn.
0: Next up, we've got Sultai, which is blue, black, green, and it's centered around Delve, which is, if you've played any Vintage Cube, a very powerful mechanic. So we've got a card like Treasure Cruise, for example, seven and a blue to draw three cards, but it's got delve. So for each... Um, card you exile from your graveyard when a card has delve, when you cast it, it costs one less to cast. Next up we have Teamer, which is blue,
1: green, red, and that
0: is Ferocious. It's a four power matters mechanic. And then lastly, we've got Mardu, which is red, black, and white, and it is centered around a raid, which is giving your creature some sort of an ability or cards with raid, some sort of an ability if you've attacked your opponent that turn. So Mardu is all about attacking, got a bit of a go wide tokens, pump, sub-theme there. If you ever needed to be reminded to play your spells post-combat, the Mardu
1: raid deck is for you. (laughs) We'll train some good muscle memory. Number three, morph in cons is one of the goat mechanics. And I think a mechanic with a pretty steep learning curve, right? Because you're going to have to have a checklist. I would say if you're playing on your computer and not like your phone or your iPad or whatever, that you might want to have up just a list of morphs and the rares. Usually I'm like, uh, just focus
0: on the commons and uncommons. You're going to want to focus on the rares as well, because they'll get you. I don't know about that so much. I think you're generally good with the commons and uncommons, and you're just fine. If your opponent has a rare, you get blown out a little bit. It's okay. All right. All right. And something to know if you've never played with
1: morph. So morph lets you play a creature face down as a three mana 2-2, two, two, and then you can flip it up for its morph cost at any time. And it happens faster than instant speed. So it's not like I pay the morph cost and you go, ooh, I'll give you your Minus two, minus two in response. Nope, it flips up faster than that. It just happens.
0: Yes. Number four, no creature in the set can ambush or eat a tutu for less than five mana. So there's kind of this rule when you're tussling with morphs. So let's say, like, I attack my tutu morph into your tutu morph. If we both have less than five mana, the worst thing that's going to happen is our morphs trade one of them is not going to eat the other or maybe they bounce off each other like maybe you have an oh five and mine turns into a a three two or something but Mm -hmm. you can't eat a morph for less than five mana but let's say i have four mana as a morph player with my two two and you as the defending player have a morph and you have five mana untapped and i attack my morph into yours and you flip yours if your morph cost is five mana you have the ability to potentially eat my morph creature. Yeah. So you just want to be aware of the amount of mana
1: your opponent has up and just know that, okay, I safely can't get blown out for less than five mana, but once they hit five mana, all bets are off. Number five, cons is an 18 land format. And that's because being the first person to hit five mana to threaten to win the morph wars is a huge deal. And I mean, you could even go back a couple turns and just say, you can't, miss your third land drop
0: right because then you can't play your morph yeah you need to hit your third land drop too
1: so it's just kind of an there's you know some exceptions in these like two color streamlined aggro decks maybe you can shave a land or whatever but your your default really should be 18 lands and i'll be curious to see maybe there'll be some fudging with that with the hand smoother
0: on arena but i'm gonna go in 18 lands guns a blazing i am also going in 18 lands guns blazing. it it just feels like dominaria that format felt like if you missed your fifth land drop you just lost original dominar and cons is a very similar feeling if you've got four lands or three lands and your opponent's on five like they just can bully you it's like having the the big stack at the poker table or whatever yeah oh look at you yeah i got poker references (laughs) and number six it's ideal to start your draft in two enemy colors so that you can hashtag delay the decision about which clan to commit to so for example, if you start white-black, which is an enemy-colored pair, you can either end up in Mardu, red-black-white, or Abzan, white-black-green. Same with blue-red, lets you pivot either between Jeskai or Temur, whereas
1: if you're drafting blue-white, you're, you're basically just drafting Jeskai. Like, you can't
0: pivot into any other three-color wedge. Yes, it's very tough. Blue-green can go Sultai or Temur. Green, black can blue go saltire Abzan, and white, red can go Jeskai or Mardu. Yeah, so really important that you know as you're starting to draft, you
1: go into a color or you're taking a two-color card to start, which actually isn't as committing because there's so many three-color cards in the format. Um, just be aware that you want to
0: stick in that enemy color pair rather than an allied Well, and also just going back to drafting with preferences, like so much of what you do early in the draft, like lets you have some agency over where you want to end up, like even the single starting color you choose, right? If you choose a blue card. And you want to play that blue card, you're almost not going to be able to go Mardu or Abzan, right? So like there's already even like even before you get to an enemy color, like a certain single color is going to open up certain enemy colors for you, which will then let you pivot into certain clans. But there's there's just a lot of planning that goes into the draft process in this format. Yes.
1: And speaking of two colors, number seven, the best two color decks were white black warriors and blue green morphs with blue red not far behind. These two decks are what I remember the most about cons of Tarkir. I remember black, white warrior beatdown. So there's like two uncommons, like chief of the scale and chief of the edge, which are black, white, respectively. Uh, one's a two, three, one's a three, two. And they give your warriors plus zero, plus one, or plus one, plus oh. And then blue, green morphs, there's a card we'll talk about later called secret plans. Um, but blue, green morphs is sort of a blue, green, XXX morphs, like blue, green, five color morphs. Is what those two decks are what I remember about the format.
0: But it doesn't have to either. You can also play blue-green morphs as blue-green two-color beatdown too. I think uh, there's a there's a blue-green beatdown deck that I love. That's the Ben wernie special. That's what <laughs> I
1: like. You opened my eyes to this. I'd never seen this kind of deck before where you just play derpy blue and green two-mana two-ones and then alpine grizzly and then leverage your removal spells and just crush your opponent's dreams. Yeah,
0: that's very good. And also the the weird thing about white black warriors, so it's an aggro deck, but the the chieftain that raises the toughness the plus O plus one chieftain is much better because it turns your things into a two three which means right. they can attack into morphs like that one's actually better as an offensive threat than the plus one plus oh one in some ways because when you're when your warriors all get Plus power, they're still trading with your opponent's morphs. And secret plan similarly turns your morphs into two threes, which is just incredible because yeah. your morphs can attack into your opponent's morphs. And then they have to get into double block situations with their morphs. Both of those things are just out of control. Good.
1: Yeah. So the other three enemy color decks there's blue red spells right for the prowess life there's green black toughness matters we'll talk about that in a little bit and red white aggro there's two sort of go wide payoffs there's trumpet blast plus two plus O to your team and rush of battle which is three and a white for a sorcery creatures you control get plus two plus one until end of turn warrior creatures you control gain lifelink until end of turn you are never racing a
0: black-white opponent or a red-white opponent who casts Rush of Battle. No, you are not. Number eight, it's possible to even play a two-color allied color pair, but it requires a deep knowledge of the format and which commons really make the deck tick. So if you are new to cons, I would start by assuming you should start in an enemy color pair. But if you're an advanced cons drafter, feel free to go after that blue-white, you know, prowess aggro deck. This feels like, you know,
1: like back in like those guild sets, like Return to Ravnica when people would try to make the off-guild decks
0: work. Yeah, but it actually does in cons. Cons is so good. I will not have you slander cons. This format is standing up to the data. It's happening. Blue-white prowess is a thing. I'm telling you, blue-white is going to be up, up, up in that that win percentage. It's going to be less played. Super high win rate. That's what that's my 17 lands take pre-format data. There we go. We got it, got it on air. Number nine, ending up in four
1: colors with a base two color enemy pair is also an option, right? So base blue, green, touching black for some Sultai cards and, and splashing red for some teamer cards. So but it all then it's still centered around a two-color deck and centered around that enemy two-color deck. You can't really do that sort of pivoting if it's blue,
0: white. Yes. Number 10. Speaking along those lines, morphs let you be slightly more aggressive with your splashes because at worst you could play them as a three mana two-two, which was kind of worth the card in cons of Tarkir. Like that's the the era, that's the good clean magic that we're playing. Three mana 2-2s just jamming into each other. But you know, let's say you have like just a couple chances to cast your bomb rare. Like worst case, you can play it as a three-mana two-two if it's got morph, you know? Yeah.
1: All right. Let's take a quick ad break and be back with the rest of the takes. Give yourself the gift of insane savings this holiday season with
0: Mint Mobile's best wireless deal of the year. Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three-month plan, you'll get another three months for free. That's six months of premium wireless service for the price of three.
1: That's a three for zero. That's better than ancestral recall. (laughs) Mint Mobile lets you order and activate from home while saving tons on phone plans, starting at just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. That's a different kind of magic. Turning an overpriced wireless
0: bill into just $15 a month with Mint Mobile.
1: All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network use your own phone with any mint
0: mobile plan and switch easily and effortlessly with esim or if you need a new device for a limited time get six months of free service when you buy a select device and plan for a limited time buy any
1: three-month mint mobile plan and get three more months free by going to mintmobile.com
0: lol that's mintmobile.com lol new customers only additional taxes fees and restrictions apply see mint mobile for details Number 11, Five
1: Color Control, speaking my language here, was also a very real deck if your pod isn't snapping up the lands too aggressively. So there was like conventional wisdom that you wanted about like three lands from each pack to minimum end up with nine. And we should talk about what those lands are. So there's the, the cycle of ETB tapped gain lands at common. And they're not like land per slot like they were in caldheim, right? They're just actual commons in the packs. Yes. So you can have multiple per pack or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, a cycle of the the wedge land. So the the they enter the battlefield tapped, and then they tap for one of the colors of those three wedges. So Abzan taps for white, black, green, whatever. Those are uncommon, so, and those, those lands are, are incredible in the format. So one of the strategies was you just take all the duels that you see in pack one and then just play all your best
0: cards, pack two or three. And because good cards are going to go late, right? Because in packs two and packs three, people have settled into their respective, you know, enemy colored pair or mm-hmm. their respective clan. And then if if nobody's drafting Abzan and you have the ability to cast Abzan cards, you're going to get good cards late. And, and weird things will happen in pack three like that, where maybe maybe your table doesn't even have a multicolored drafter and like mm-hmm. nobody is very obviously teamer <laughs> busted teamer rares just like floating around in pack three. Yeah. Number 12 for a set with so many lands, the fixing isn't great. I mean, it's good, but it's not great. It's very important as a three color deck to be like enemy colored pair base Plus splashing another color or I guess you could you could be allied color pair base. But the thing that you miss out on in a wedge by being allied color pair base is there's in addition to payoffs for each clan. So there's like a common for each clan and there is an uncommon for each clan. There's rares, Mm -hmm. but there's a cycle of enemy colored uncommons also like signpost uncommons that are enemy yes. colored. so there's like kindry invocation is a black green uncommon that lets you make an, an xx compared to the toughness of your your highest toughness creature you miss out on those cards by being an allied color pair base yes. in your wedge so it's really important to be enemy colored base plus a splash of your clan cards like you don't want to be ideally true on xyz of your colors where they're all equally weighted Because you're going to run into some trouble. Not to say that you can't, but then you do again need to invest more picks in fixing. What would you say like a typical mana base might look like? I was trying to
1: think about this. Like what if it like is it's like seven seven. Three-ish, but not really basics. Like maybe seven, seven, two, two dual lands,
0: something like that. Like no, I think it's better than that. But that that reminded me. That's part of the reason it was an eighteen land format because oftentimes yes, you needed that extra land sources. for your sources. I, I think ideally you want at a minimum eight. I mean, similar to a normal mana base, you want eight eight of your main colors at a minimum. And it was possible to be better depending on you know what sort of duels you got. And that was also a benefit to. Reading which clan was open mm-hmm. was that if you were the only drafter in your clan, you're more likely to get those allied color paired duels because the allied color paired ones are significantly less good than the enemy color paired ones early on because they don't go in as many archetypes. And then if your your wedge is open, you're going to get the lands a little bit later. So I think the mana bases are Better than that. If you're trying to make them better, right? If you're investing picks in those okay. dual lands, I, I would say I would say like nine eight four or five. Like oftentimes you're able to get up to at least five sources of your splash color. And if you're if you're not splashing, I think you can really you can really do that on on a full three color deck. Sorry, when I was saying like seven seven three or
1: whatever, I, I yeah I was trying to count like basic basic. So really like seven seven two two duals, something like that. Not thinking about like actual number of sources. Yes, you you still want at least eight sources of your two base colors. I agree with that. And the reason that we're saying, you know, it's a set with so many lands, the fixing isn't great. It's kind of partially because fixing is an archetype. Like someone or multiple people in theory are snapping up lands aggressively, I think, right? So there's the five clans, but then there's, there is this five color deck as well. And I think that sort of puts a pinch on the lands and fixing that everybody else can take.
0: Yes, I would say for a non four or five color deck, you should be aiming for three to five duels that help you fix your mana still.
1: Number 13, getting on board with a two drop makes you fairly significantly
0: ahead if your opponent's first play is a turn three morph. The Ben, the ben warney special. The Ben warney special. There is no better feeling in this format than getting on board on turn two. Because your opponent all of a sudden is like, oh my God, I'm so far behind. If they're planning on like, you know, turn three morph, turn four morph, turn five flip a morph or something, like you can put your opponent on the back foot in a hurry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it brings us to point number 14 number 14 wetland sandbar has keyword crappy i love this card so much in this format it's one and a blue for a two one vanilla that's it and it, it's a with playable. a paragraph of flavor text A paragraph of flavor text and the keyword the keyword crappy is like nobody wants to trade with it so it just yes. keeps like getting in for damage over and over because your opponent's morphs are like this is super good uncommon and this super good rare and they don't want to trade with wetland sandbar but then they end up bleeding like Eight to ten damage from your wetland sandbar, and you can kind of close the game out. Like cards like that are way more playable than you would think. Not that like you should be first picking wetland sandbar, but there's an archetype that wants to use a two-mana two-one. Yeah, there's there's wetland sandbar, and then there's
1: highland game, which is one and a green for a two-one. When it dies, you gain two life. And those two cards are just the bread and
0: butter of the two-drop slot in this blue-green aggro deck. Well, Highland Game is even better because your opponents are like, I don't want to trade with it and give them the two life. Like Two life doesn't matter. Everybody has yeah. infinite life in this format, thanks to the gain lands. Number 15, the official,
1: wink, wink, official, Lords of Limited Power Rankings for the top five commons overall. Kind of cheating a little bit here. Number one, enemy colored dual
0: lands. Number two, Feet of Resistance. One on a white for the instant. Put a plus one, plus one counter on the creature and give it protection from the color of your choice until end of turn also just has synergy with all the Abzan Outlast stuff. Feet of Resistance is incredible in this format. So real talk here, will you be like, how much
1: money would you bet that Feet of Resistance is the top common overall by game and hand win rate? I
0: would bet large sums of money.
1: Yeah, that's how I feel too. But this is another one of the things I really remember is Feet of Resistance is incredible in the format. and Part of that, as we'll get to later, is because the removal is atrocious. Some of the removal, not atrocious. Number three, debilitating injury. This is one in a black for an enchantment. Enchanted creature gets minus two, minus two, two mana to kill your morph. It's really good.
0: You're like, why am I paying an extra mana for Deadweight? Because it kills morphs. Well, except when your opponent flips it for free by revealing a card in an 05 or some t- Like, you can get punished by just really sure. nearly firing off your debilitating injuries. But yes, that is generally its purpose is to. But you're also there's also like a guessing game. If you don't know which of your opponent's morphs is good. I know. like Do you you're do weird. you snap off the debilitating injury on the first one they played, assuming that's yes. the best one? Or do you like. I think my go to move was their second one, because I thought they were trying to bait to bait me with their first one. Yeah, yeah. people play their their we second have a, we, have a, we have a point later
1: about about morph bluffs. Let's
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. Number four. This is certainly not in the top five commons overall, but it is it is there in my heart. I love this card. Savage punch, one in a green sorcery target creature fights another target creature. But if your creature is ferocious, if it had four power or more, it gets plus two, plus two before they fight. The old yeah. the old Alpine Grizzly two and a green four two plus Savage Punch Wombo combo, love that in this format. S- spoiling future points again, and the number
1: five ally colored Duel lands. And you might think, well, are ally colored Duel lands that good? It's it's yes and no. It's mostly the commons in this set. They're 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 cute. I'll say I don't want to I don't I got to choose my words carefully. Ben's uh, Ben's going to give me a little bit of a death stare here. But the comments in this format uh, leave a
0: little bit to, to be desired. Yeah, we've got a, a preemptive golden egg award, though. Number 16 golden egg award goes to a card that maybe should be in the top five comments overall. Yeah, Mard- I think so. <laughs> Mardu Horde Chief This is two and a white for a two three. And if you rated, if you attacked before playing this, it comes along with a one one friend. There is no more demoralizing card to play against than your opponent raiding in a Mardu Horde Chief on turn three. It is the the OG Chimney Ravel.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no colorless card that's going to fit this description. And so I was trying to think of a card that's like good in every facet. And this really is. And like you said, maybe that means it's just too good. Like, is this just going to be white second best common and one of the top five comments in the set? I could definitely see it. Because you keep talking about how things match up against morphs. And so not only can this attack into morphs, it benefits from two drop, attack, get the raid trigger, play this on three, but also unrated. It's just a three mana two, three that trades with that, that eats
0: morphs. Or that blanks morphs like your opponent yeah. can't attack into you. Yeah.
1: Number 17, Woolly Loxodon is king of the morphs at common. This is six and a green for a six, seven, but it has morph five and a green and that's often what you get you often some of the rares i think are slightly different so you get a bonus because sometimes you'll get a bonus when uh creatures unmorph, um but you'll often get a a discount from their actual mana value to their their morph cost and that's what you get with woolly loxodon
0: so you get a, a six mana six seven which is keyword large it is huge it will eat most other morphs so like if you're jamming yeah. a morph into your opponent's morph and you both flip if they don't have a rare like woolly loxodon is probably winning the fight most of the time. Correct. Number 18, five toughness is a magic number for morph battles in the format. There's only a small list of common morphs that can punch through five toughness when you flip them up. So we've got the aforementioned woolly Loxodon. We've got Canyon Lurkers, which morphs for three and a red into a five-two, which seems like that might break the like, you know, your morphs trading with each other rule, but it'll still trade with a two-two morph, then, right? Mm-hmm. But the the nice thing is it can punch through. There's a couple O five walls or 05 ways to kind of gum up the ground.
1: And then there's Snowhorn Rider, which is the common teamer creature, three green, blue, red for a 5-5 five, five trample
0: with morph for two and teamer. And there's also the Jeskai one, which is a Freet Weapon Master. It's three and Jeskai for a 4 three first strike. And when you morph it for two blue, red, white, um, whenever it is turn face up. Another target creature you control gets plus three plus oh until end of turn. So you attack with another creature and then flip up your Afrit weapon master to to pump that creature and punch through. Number 19, we just talked about it, but Alpine Grizzly plus Savage Punch
1: is a lifestyle. Alpine Grizzly, two in a green for a 4-2, again, flavor text. Just pure vanilla 4-2. And then and Savage clean Punch. Magic. Good, clean magic. But this is just so good in this blue-green, like, subverting the format's expectations deck because you just play, like, Derpy 2-1 on 2, Alpine Grizzly on 3, and then Savage Punch a morph, attack with a
0: 6-4. And a 2-1. And a 2-1. And you deal eight. And play another 2-1. <laughs> yes, yes. And then, like... If you have another Savage Punch, the game is just over. The game is over. The deck clocks so fast against the decks that are like morph, morph, morph. Yeah. Number 20, Rakshasa's secret was secretly good from most of the format it says two and a black for a sorcery target opponent discards two cards put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard yeah so the thing about this is it's a it's a two for
1: one that also puts three cards in your bin for delve which is very important like a lot of the delve fuel and we'll talk about this when we get to delve in a little bit but there's a, a tricky choke point for delve where like you can't have oops all delve cards. And you need ways to fuel the few Delve cards that you're going to have, right? And so a lot of them are kind of clunky. There's like Scout the Borders, just two in a green. Look at the top five. You can pick a creature or a land and then the rest go in the bin. So yeah, that puts five cards, right? Including Scout the Borders plus the other four cards into your graveyard. But you're only getting, that's only a one for one for three mana. This is four mana, but you're getting that two for one plus three cards to fuel Delve. I think this this is a really good
0: shout for an underrated card. Well, and lands mattered too. Like most of the time you're Mm. not happy hitting lands with your mind rot. But like so much of the late game was like you need to get to five lands. So like it it hurts binning lands off Rakshas's secret two and mm-hmm. the format is slow enough that you don't get as punished as usual for you know spending three mana to affect your opponent's hand and not and not the board you know number 21 goblin
1: slide is a niche build around for a controlling jeskai deck this is two in a red for an enchantment whenever you cast a non-creature spell you can pay one if you do put a one one red goblin creature token with haste onto the battlefield you know who's who i'm looking to to make this card work in the in the coming weeks,
0: LSV, LSV, yeah, I <laughs> absolutely. I assume both of you memories. Have watched the CFP video, yep. him popping off with Goblin Like that was just it was just a different time, happier times, simpler times. LSV, yeah. please draft some goblin slides and make some videos for yep. us on your new YouTube channel. <laughs> Pry yourself away from
1: Vintage Cube for a day or two and give us some goblin slide tech. But yeah, a sweet a sweet card, not for the faint of heart,
0: I would say. No, ad- advanced build around, but if, yeah. if you get there, you can do some dumb, dumb, dumb things. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited for this format. Number 22, secret plans. One of the best uncommons in the set. Your morphs win combat and are all two for one. So this is blue green for an enchantment. Face down creatures you control get plus O plus one. And whenever a permanent you control is turned face up, you draw a card. No, no better feeling than a turn to secret plans in the format for my money. Yeah, it's a
1: strong card. Number 23, flipping morphs into open mana from your opponent is a recipe for a disaster. Tempo blowouts are real in cons of Tarkir. And not because, like, again, the removal isn't great, but. There is like a bounce spell, right? What's it called? Like force away is one and a blue bounce a thing. And if you have ferocious, you get to draw a card,
0: discard a card. Yeah. When your opponent spends five or six mana to flip their morph and you spend two mana to return it to their hand yeah, and they have to play another three mana to play it as a two, two and another six mana to flip it up. Like it's so hard to recover from that. Yeah.
1: There is a lot of who blinks first. In this format, I would say, with unflipping morphs, with firing off removal, because the, the the reverse happens too, right? So you can blow someone out by, I flip up my morph, and then you kill it or bounce it or whatever. But the reverse can happen where you're like, I'm going to kill your thing or bounce it. And you go, oh, I unflip it. This and has x this sort of, now. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a real like... Yeah, I don't know. Like, who's going to act first in the format?
0: Number 24, Trail of Mystery is a great reason to go five-color morphs. This is a sweet build-around enchantment, one in a green, and whenever a face-down creature enters the battlefield under your control, you can search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle your library, and whenever a permanent you control is turned face-up, if it's a creature, it gets plus two, plus two until end of turn.
1: My, I have many fond memories of this card. This is the card I, no other rare do I want to open more than Trail of Mystery, but I also remember because you are led to a five-color control deck, a five-color morph deck, snapping up as many duels and and tri lands as you can. You can um, you can run out of basics. You can run out of basics for <laughs> sure. So you're gonna want to maybe just be aware of that. chalk your deck a little bit, pad it a little bit more with some basic lands, so you don't miss on your trail of mystery after your fourth
0: morph creature or whatever. The classic fail to find.
1: That's right. Number 25. There is a choke point on the number of delve cards you actually wanted in your deck, right? The first two or three are super important. And then there are serious diminishing returns after that because they all, I mean, they're powerful. Most of them are powerful at common or uncommon, but they really eat a chunk of your graveyard. You know, it's sort of like, I don't know. It's its not quite like escape from Theros beyond death, Um, Because you really do need to fuel them. You can't just like throw a couple delve cards in whatever deck, right? You need to
0: have a little bit of fuel, I think, to really feel good about them. Yeah, your first delve card, I think, is very important to any deck. And then Mm -hmm. once once you're getting into the three range, then you need to be doing a little work. Yeah. Number 26, we have the official, wink, wink, Lords of Limited, Delve, Common and Uncommon Power Rankings. Number one, I feel pretty solid about murderous cut. This is four in a black for the instant, uh, destroy target creature. And it's got delve.
1: Yeah. I pulled up the list. There's eight of them. I felt very confident about putting murderous cut at number one. And I feel not at all confident about the rest of this order. Um, I noticed that you did not tweak this at all. So uh, I'll, I'll just lay lay my, my opinions bare here. Number two, Treasure Crew, seven and a blue. Draw three cards. Number three, Hooting Mandrels, the 4-4 four, four, Trample for five and a green. Then Dead Drop. I'm curious what your memory of this card is. Nine and a black for a sorcery target player sacrifices two creatures i remember wanting this to be bad and it just like owning me so
0: many times my memory of this is that it was quite variably good depending yeah. on the situation but that it was always insane for reed duke like every draft <laughs> i watched <of> reed <laughs> dead drop was just incredible for him yeah yeah yeah. that is my memory of dead drop number five set adrift five and a blue for the sorcerer with delve put target non-land permanent on top of its owner's library that went on a little lower on i think force force one away of does the only ways to one for one cheaply i <laughs> with, guess with your opponent's creatures it force away did a similar thing at common without a similar effect without eating your graveyard yeah that's fair uh salt eye scavenger is next this is five and a black for a three three flyer love that card become immense this card ends some games five and a green for the instant with delve target creature gets plus six plus six until end of turn and
1: last and certainly least, Shambling Attendance, seven and a black for a 3-5
0: Death Touch. Feel pretty confident that that is
1: the, the worst
0: one. I don't feel confident, but I just don't remember.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, that, I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm confident. Number 27, Archer's Parapet is excellent at slowing the game down. This is one on a green. Let me see if I can remember this. One on a green for an 0-5, and you pay one and a black, tap it, target opponent loses a life.
0: Yep. Or, de- or deals of mm.
1: damage to them. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah.
0: Talk to me about this. What what, what are we doing here with this, this two mana 05? It blocks for days. Like It blocks all of the, the derpy warriors that are attacking you on the ground. It blanks your opponent's morphs until they hit that magic five mana mark. You're not that necessarily into the ability of pinging, but it's relevant late in the game sometimes. But most importantly, when you combine this with Kintry Invocation, which is the black green sorcery, Kintry mm. Invocation gives you a 5-5. Five five. So this is a staple of the black-green Toughness Matters archetype. Correct. Number 28, be aware of the cycle of morphs that flip for free by revealing a card instead of a mana cost that shares a color with them. So first up, we have Dragon's Eye Savants. This is one
1: in a blue for an 06. And these all... Unmorph by revealing a card of the same color as this card from your hand. So morph reveal blue card in your hand. And then when Dragon's Eye Savants is turned face up, you get to look at target opponent's hand. Of course, Ben loves this warm, fuzzy feeling. See what's coming.
0: Well, but it actually matters in the format too because of morphs. Like if you see your opponent's Mm -hmm. got a couple good morphs in hand, you know what they are. Like Dragon's Eye Savants is by far the best card of this cycle. Like I think not close to close. Disagree. Wow. I, I'm a I'm a I'm a Ruth stander. You're Ruth stan, ripper, huh? yeah. Ruth Ruth is number two for me. Ruth is number two on the list. This is black for a one one death touch, and you can morph by revealing a black card in your hand. And when Ruth is turned face up, target player loses two life. Th- but th- those two certainly are the top two. I-, I feel very strongly that Dragon's Eye Savants is better than Ruth.
1: Yeah, because you think that looking at your opponent's hand is like two cards. The gold mine. <laughs> uh horde ambushers the red one this is one in a red for a two two when it blocks it deals a damage to you and when it's turned face up target creature can't block this turn
0: yeah and, and the last two are not like sort of whatever team or charger watcher the roost i mean they're, they're cards but the, the, yeah, two, yeah. the main two to watch out for are dragon's eye Savants, and ruth the ripper those are the ones that have the most implications for outplaying your opponent or getting outplayed by your You're opponent. just
1: called you just called Ruthless Ripper Ruth the Ripper, and I now will only call it Ruth the Ripper. Yeah, Ruth the Ripper. I, that was not yeah. a, a slip of the tongue. I, I yeah, I just I'd never heard that before. Yeah, Ruth the Ripper. Number number twenty nine sweepers and massive board affecting spells abound in cons of Tarkir. Overextend with caution. So got to shout out a couple cards here. First up is Dune Blast. Four white, black, green for a sorcery. Choose up to one creature. Destroy the rest. Hey, you want to keep your best creature? You think, you think, uh, what's it called? Unstable Glyph Bridge or whatever is kind of backbreaking?
0: Meet Dune Blast. I, I do. I, Unstable Glyph Bridge is more egregious than Dune Blast just because of the context of the format and what the format incentivizes because you to do. Because one
1: card is in a format you don't like and one, no, format, one card is
0: in a format you have rose colored glasses for. No, that is. Wow. Why are you why are you hating on KTK? This is not I'm, a good look for the podcast. I'm just, just bullying you. That's all. <laughs> it's not. Not a good look for the podcast, but yeah, uh, we don't need to get into it. Anyway, Dune Blast is a a rare I will, I'm, I'm okay with. They have to get to seven mana like you can kind of mitigate the damage a little bit. And mm-hmm. hostilities is also another tough one. This is three white white for a sorcery. Destroy all creatures and all permanents attached to creatures. And then there's there's more than just like sweeper effect. So here's an example. There's
1: thousand winds four blue blue for a five six flyer. It is more f- for five blue blue. And when it's turned face up, you return all other tapped creatures to their owner's hands. It's a pretty big blowout potential here with thousand wins. sometimes it doesn't do anything and it's just a five six flyer sometimes it's a blowout and there's more cards like this that like have a big effect when flipped up or you know there's there's a blue rare icy blast that like taps a bunch of stuff down and if you have ferocious it keeps them tapped for a turn like there's some big impactful
0: spells big impactful spells for sure number 30 despite those big impactful spells individual removal fairly clunky so we've Yo. got throttle which is four and a black for an instant target creature gets minus four minus four until end of turn you wrote more like throttle lol in our show notes yeah. i remember drafting this form with my oldest brother nick and just like being like yeah throttle like <laughs> probably because we were overvaluing removal a little bit back in the day but like you were signing up to pay five mana to kill something at instant speed but you don't always kill something that's <laughs> know, the crazy yeah, thing i know yeah Is it, it's, it's like the
1: five mana black removal spell that doesn't catch all you want to catch all you got to pay six you got to get right of the serpent four black black sorcery speed destroy target creature ooh, ooh ready for this bonus if that creature had a plus and plus one counter on it you get a 1-1 green snake creature token.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was fine as a one-of that you didn't pick very highly. Not a great card. <laughs> We've got Swift Kick. Three in a red for an instant. Target creature you control gets plus one, plus zero until end of turn. It fights. Not even does damage equal to its power. It fights. Target See, creature you don't control. Good, four clean mana. Magic. good clean magic.
1: Four mana fight spell doesn't pump toughness. Incredible. Uh, this is just one of the many reasons Feet of Resistance is so good. That's the one on a white protection spell that adds a counter. You just blow people out, you sort of like it's kind of you can think of prowess triggers also as kind of being like giving you a feat of resistance that you get to like pump stuff for cheaper because the removal is other than you know there's feat of resistance, there's debilitating injury. There isn't great ways to interact beyond that, yeah number thirty one which is a shame because boy, howdy, are there some bombs in this set? Let's talk about a couple rares here, high sentinels of Arihan. 3 and a white for a 3-4 flyer. So 4 mana, 3-4 flyer. It gets plus and plus 1 for each creature you control with a plus 1, plus 1 counter on it. And you can pay 3 and a white to put a plus and plus 1 counter on target creature. I don't
0: know what you're complaining about. This dies to throttle, straight up. <laughs> We've also got Sagu Mauler. 3 mana for the morph, 2-2. Two, two. Uh, and then when you flip it up, it's a 6-6 six, six hexproof trample for 6 mana, 4 blue-green. And it morphs for 3 blue-green. Card is an absolute beating
1: card every deck wants probably best pack one pick one in the set ghost fire blade single mana artifact equipment equipped creature gets plus two plus two equip cost of three but it's equipability costs two less to activate if it targets a colorless creature are there any colorless creatures in the format ben a few running around yeah some morphs yeah, I like every single morph <laughs> is colorless so this is one mana to
0: cast one mana to equip to your morphs To give them plus two, plus two. Number 32, the Outlast deck, which was Abzan colored, required patience and knowing which creatures to keep untapped. So you couldn't just like outlast your whole team or you were going to get cracked back for a million damage. Right. So like yeah. kind of anticipating some removal from your opponent. And uh, there's just a lot of tricky stuff you could do with instant speed, plus one, plus one counters as the, the outlast deck as well. Like yeah, you know, and- putting a plus one plus one counter on your thing to give your team first strike when your opponent's not expecting it or reach when your opponent's not expecting it. Combat tricks that gave plus one, plus one counters were really strong in the outlast deck.
1: Well, and also leveraging your life total or using your life total to be able to be like, okay, I'm going to like, I, I recognize I'm going to take a hit this turn so I can outlast to get stuff up to being able to block or being able to block through a trick or removal spell, whatever. Like there's just a lot of, yeah, you, you really have to be anticipating what your opponent's going to do and thinking about a couple turns ahead as you're like, okay, I'll outlast this one, leave this one back, but uh, am I okay to trade off? Whatever. You just got to ask yourself a lot of questions with that deck. Number 33, the plus and plus one counter rares or traps. Retribution of the Ancients, single black enchantment, pay black, remove X plus one, plus one counters from among creatures you control. Target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn. You might think, oh, I can outlast a bunch and then I can you know, turn those counters into removal spells. No, no, no. You, you don't have time for that.
0: Hardened scale is also green for the enchantment. If one or more plus one plus one counters will be placed on creatures you control, you get that many plus one instead. Despite it being a modern powerhouse, hardened scale does not quite get there and limited as a build around. Correct. Number 34, dropping plus one, plus one counters outside of Outlast still gave the Outlast bonuses. This is what we were referencing with combat tricks that, you know, plus one, plus one counters. For example, if you have an Abzan Falconer that's two and white for two, three that gives your team flying, if you drop a plus one, plus one counter on that without lasting, then all of a sudden your whole team has flying for a, a lethal strike or reach to ambush your opponent's flyers or first strike to crush them in combat on your INAC Bonkin, whatever. There was just a lot of tricky plays you could make as the outlast deck. Number 35, the Imperial Oath
1: Award for clunky looking overperformer goes to brrr, Abzan Guide. Three, white, black, green for a four, four with lifelink and has a morph cost of two white, black, green. This is is a chonker
0: chonker that slows the game down like if your opponent's opponent's beating you down you flip this up gain four life eat a creature like game is all of a sudden stable mabel yeah for sure number 36 speaking of abzan guide the official common wedge morph power rankings this is interesting i was actually just thinking about this while we were talking about that take you forgot about official wink wink oh excuse me the official (laughs) wink wink number one we've got
1: abzan guide Number two, Snowhorn Rider. This is the Teamer, six mana, five, five, Trampler. I think that
0: would be my number one. And then in number
1: three, we've got if- I will lay money that Abzan Guide
0: has a higher game in hand win rate than Snowhorn Rider. Sure, but that's a not a fair bet because is <laughs> better than Teamer. Like, why would I take that bet? But I think <laughs> when used appropriately, Snowhorn Rider is stronger than Abzan Guide. Unb- but, unbelievable. but it's, ne- it's never going to be higher in the game in hand's win rate. Okay. So, so, you, no, so nobody, you admit nobody will ever be able to prove me wrong. So you admit it. <laughs> <laughs> and number three, we've got a Afrit Weapon Master. That's the Jeskai 4-3 First Strike. And I think we're going to get some pushback here. We have a number four, Abomination
1: of Gadul. This is the Saltai 1-3 Black, Green, Blue for a 3-4 Flyer. And the morph cost is one less. And whenever Abomination of Gadul deals combat damage to a player, you may draw a card if you do discard a card. It's just... It's slow it's understated like you get to flip up other stuff as like five five trample four four lifelink it's just small
0: this is the one i think we would get pushback on i i would have this one higher personally also in, in the wink wink power rankings ponyback brigade this is three red white black for the two two uh when an etbs is turned face up put three one one red goblin creature tokens onto the battlefield and it's got more for two and mardu this is of all of these. I think this is the most important to its archetype for the archetype working. Like, if you're trying to go wide, best way to go wide. Ponyback Brigade is a problem. Wow. My memory of this card was <laughs> poop, poop soup. <laughs> really? Poopity-doopity soup. Well, clearly the wink-wink power rankings are infallible, so. We can both agree on this next
1: card, I'm sure. Number 37, Villainous Wealth is a real build around. So this is X, black, green, blue for a sorcery. Target opponent exiles the top X cards of their library. You may cast any number of non-land cards with converted mana cost X or less from among them without paying their mana costs.
0: It's also mandatory when you resolve this card for like X equals seven or more to just cackle maniacally like a Disney villain. Yes. <laughs> just enacted your master plan. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah, villainous wealth is really sweet. Number 38, the banners were pieces of fixing you could get fairly late and hoped not to place. So this is a cycle of artifacts that tapped for the three colors of their clan, and then you could crack them to draw a card after presumably you had the mana you needed to cast your spells. Not great. Not great at all. Number 39, fishy attacks
1: don't always mean they have a trick. They're trying to trigger Raid. This is, uh, I think, a really, if you never played with Raid before, it's a hard thing to just shift your mindset to because you'll always be like, wait, why are they attacking their 2-2 into my 2-3? Just call every time. You just got to call, especially if they're in Mardu, if they're like in specifically Mardu. But, you know, if they're in Jeskai, they can still have you know, red raid cards or
0: whatever. So you you really, you probably just want to call most of the time. Number 40. Speaking of raiding Raiders spoils was a house for the aggro warriors decks. This is three and a black for an enchantment creatures you control get plus one plus Oh, and whenever a warrior you control deals combat damage to a player, you can pay one life if you do draw a card. Yeah, I, I have just
1: such fond memories of this card. Honestly, it's mostly unfond because I See it on the other side of the battlefield in my memories, but uh, this card is very powerful. Number forty-one, Embodiment of Spring is not the fixing you're looking for. Single blue for an 03 Elemental. You can pay one on a green tap, sack it, search your library for a basic land, put it onto the battlefield, tap, then shuffle your library. You look at this, you go, "Oh, a, I can do this before you know, do this on turn one, sack it on turn two before I'm you know getting the game going with morph." The problem is, it's fixing that already requires two colors yeah it's
0: not great This
1: is not good do not play this card
0: number 42 the order that you play morphs and the way you choose to engage or not engage them in combat are clues to their power this is sort of
1: what you were talking about before of like what morphs are you playing first what morph do you play second sometimes you can like if you're double blocking like if they attack with a three three and you're going to double block with two morphs like do you put the morph you (laughs) you put your better morph first in the hopes that they just go, ah, they're both morphs. I'll just leave them in the order they do. Or do you, is it a, a leveling war where you're like, I'm going to put my good morph first and then they're going to switch the order of the blockers, you know? like <laughs> Good clean magic. Good clean magic. In all seriousness, you do want to track, like, if your opponent's just like never engaging one morph in combat or something or, you know, being a little cagey about, you just want to track that stuff because... It'll give you clues to which are their more powerful or less powerful cards.
0: And presumably they will be numbered somehow in the order they came into the battlefield, right? Yeah. Like that was true on Magic Online. So you'll know, like, this is the morph my opponent played first. This is their second morph. This is their third morph so that you can identify which one is which.
1: Number 43, Mardu Warshrieker enables some nutty turns. This is three in a red for three, three at common. And as raid, if you attacked with a creature this turn, when ETBs, you add red, white, black to your mana pool. So, like, the easy turn f- to think of with this is just turn four, I've attacked with my morph, play War Shrieker, use that three mana, play another morph. Sometimes if this was, like, turn five, you could chain War Shriekers, War Shrieker one, play another one with the extra mana you have, and then do something But just like being able to double spell on turn four is incredibly powerful in a format that really doesn't start on the board until turn three a lot of the time. Well, and
0: what you mentioned with morphs is important, too, because it it looks like a Mardu only card, right? But this is just a good red card if you have a reasonable number of morphs in your deck, because like your Jeskai deck, for example, can, you know, attack turn three or turn four, play this, play a morph. And that's just a huge tempo bonus. It's not quite like a mountain me deck concede Cedra situation where you're like chaining a bunch of stuff in a row, but it's, it's very good. It's just such a deep cut. Such a deep cut, but I don't watch our streams. There's some listeners out there that will appreciate that for sure number 44 that takes us on to the official wink wink lords of limited charm power rankings in first place we've got abzan charm white black green for an instant choose one exile target creature power three or greater you draw two cards and lose two life or you distribute two plus one plus one counters among one or two target creatures Number two, we have Mardu Charm, red, white, black for an instant.
1: Its modes are deal four damage to target creature, put two 1 1 white warrior creature tokens onto the battlefield. They gain first strike until end of turn, eating a morph in combat. Hello. Or target opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose a non-creature, non-land card from it. That player
0: discards their card. takes us on to Jeskai Charm, which is blue, red, white. For the instant, you choose one, put target creature on top of its owner's library. This deals four damage to target opponent. Or creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain lifelink until end of turn. Oof, that mode is
1: brutal with prowess. Because it's like basically giving them plus two, plus two, and lifelink. Ugh, just got a bad, bad taste in my mouth. Number four, we've got Teamer Charm, green, blue, red, modes are target creature you control get plus one plus one until end of turn it fights target creature you don't control
0: counter target spell unless it's controller pays three or creatures with power three or less can't block this turn and bringing up the rear we've got salt eye charm this is black green blue for the instant destroy target mono colored creature destroy target artifact or enchantment draw two cards discard a card definitely feel good about that one in last place (laughs) yeah yeah number 45 yes
1: they have feet of resistance no, you can't play around it. Card is so
0: broken. <laughs> it's so good. So we were talking about like these these two color decks. You, you almost always are white if you're an allied color pair, two color deck, because white's commons, most of the commons are like less powerful than I think we are used to in modern magic. But like feet of resistance, Mardu Horde Chief, like white can be aggressive combined with other colors and feet of resistance. Like there, there's definitely a white blue prowess beat down deck, assuming you get some number of feet of resistances. Correct. Number forty six. Overrun is just sky-colored this time around. What's flying crane technique
1: do? Three blue-red-white for an instant. Untap all creatures you control they gain flying and double strike until end of turn. Just a sinking
0: feeling looking at this card. This card yep. ends games. And yeah. it, it always feels like they were stolen from you too, despite like flying crane technique just being an excellent magic card. Yeah,
1: exactly. Number 47, Abzan Ascendancy is S tier. So there's all these cycles of cards. So there's these Ascendancies at rare, which are these en- enchantments uh, that are tied to each of the clans. This one is nuts. The rest are definitely not. So abzan ascendancy is white black green when it enters the battlefield you put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control and whenever a non-token creature you control dies you put a one one white spirit creature token with flying onto the battlefield
0: card is excellent Jeskai ascendancy is very good but not close to abzan ascendancy this is blue red white for the enchantment whenever you cast a non-creature spell creatures you control get plus one plus one until end of turn untap those creatures whenever you cast a non-creature spell you can draw a card if you do discard a card this has some Goblin Slide potential.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm more excited to build around Ascendancy than Goblin Slide, but de- yeah, definitely nothing holds a candle to Abzan Ascendancy.
0: Number 48, Disowned Ancestor, single black for the O4 with Outlast for one and a black. Into Kintree Invocation, which is black green for a sorcery, put an XX black and green spirit warrior creature token onto the battlefield where X is the greatest toughness among creatures you control, was the dream. Turn to 4-4. You know what's crazy is that Turn to 4-4 by today's standards. You're
1: like, eh, I that's could be cool. Bad. Yeah, that's like- cool, <laughs> I guess. But this is like, yeah, but I worked really hard. I got that, I had the one drop and into the two drop and no tapped lands. So I add my untapped black source, my untapped green source. It's like, yeah, okay, big deal. I, I can <laughs> deal with that. Number 49, Arrowstorm means protecting your life total more against red players. This is three red red for a sorcery. Deals four damage to target creature or player if you trigger raid, it deals five damage to that creature or player instead, and the damage can't be prevented. You, you're going to die to this card.
0: Going to die to this card. Aerostorm is demoralizing. You're like, okay, I've stabilized. Nope. Aerostorm into Aerostorm. You're dead. Yeah. So just be be aware of that like
1: you may want to trade off more aggressively against red opponents, certainly if you're playing best of three
0: and you've seen this. Number 50. This format is goaded by so many people for a reason. So have fun drafting and playing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm being a, a bit of a heel this episode, but I'm excited to play this
0: format again. Yeah, because it's incredible. I, I it would it would blow my mind if somehow the data said this format were not good. And if you have data takes that are knocking this format, do not at me, please. Do not. You're you're gonna want to add him. And if (laughs) if he somehow I'll I'll make
1: sure he sees them if you want to send them my way. I'll make sure Ben sees I'm them. I'm going to be
0: aggressively blocking concept Tarkir data tweets. <laughs> <laughs> what are you most looking forward to? Oh, a- absolutely. Wetland Sandbar into Alpine Grizzly into Savage The fun punch. police. <laughs> the fun police of the format. It's funny. Like, that is my my default nature in this format is to try to do weird stuff like that. But, like, I definitely want to open a villainous well. Like, I, I want to yeah. do it all. Like, there's, there's this format is a giant sandbox. And I am looking forward to playing in the sand. I I couldn't agree more. All right. Great place to wrap us up. Thank you, as always, to Salty Pretzels for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give it a listen. Thanks so much to CoolStuffInc.com for sponsoring this
1: podcast. If you're heading over there for any and all purchases or you want to buy me four copies of Smuggler's Copter for the PT, (laughs) please use checkout code LOL when you do so to let them know we sent you over there and more importantly, to get 5% off of anything you purchase. You can find all of our content on our website, LordsofLimited.com. Links to our tier lists ben can people expect a ktk
0: tier list later this week they can now that you brought it up if you had not that would not have happened but i'll I'll get a ktk tier list going yeah that sounds like great we'll have a cons
1: tier list a wink wink tier list perhaps before
0: we actually get our hands on the cards um
1: but we'll have a tier list up on the website links to our youtube channel our twitch streams our merch courtesy of t public and of course our episode backlog all available at if
0: you've got any feedback about the show or any questions, shoot us an email at lordsoflimited at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of Lords of Limited. Thanks, everybody. See you later.